Welcome to another episode of Gestalten. I am Eric, and I'm joined by my colleague, Martin. Martin. Hello, hello. All right. Hello, hello. So welcome back from Asia, Martin. Yes, as teased as uh, just about two weeks ago, I think it was. Yes, and, yes, um, yes. And a lot's happened since you've been gone. Um, you know, in, in one week, we've seen a embargoed releases on the iPace hit the uh, hits the the new Jaguar iPace hitting the web and uh, all of the magazines and so on and it's gotten very very positive reviews um, and we've also seen the BMW 8 series just recently we saw the uh, the Audi A1 so there's a couple of new cars to discuss um, and clearly the star of uh, CS Asia as well uh, certainly deserves a mention the Byte and K Byte exactly and we will be talking about uh, uh, probably quickly about the, the the Tesla shooting break um, ah yes by as, Remit so, as right, well right. so um, but let's let's talk a little bit more I think we, let, let's start with the production cars because I think you know the the Tesla and the and the Byte and they're more like on a concept or like you know not in this kind of uh, big production phase but let's talk iPace first. Uh, obviously, you're in the UK at the moment, uh, and let's be mm-hmm. very, very honest. Jaguar is not the kind of company that is um, very, very big in Germany uh, from our perspective. So, what uh, what is what is the media saying about the iPays, and what do you personally think about it? Obviously, we've both well, seen it a few times already, but you know, yeah, yeah, no, uh, clearly, I mean, the car made its official debut just before Geneva. They they really like they they killed it because. Uh, they were very smart in the sense that they captured the limelight before it was unveiled at a show, and then a few days later, it made its debut in Geneva. And when I first saw the car, it was very, very close to the concept car that was revealed, um, uh, you know, about a year prior. I mean, it 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 took those guys not very long, by the grand scheme of things, to kind of reinvent a new typology for the electric vehicle and. Um, I think it's quite successful in everything that I've read and seen. I mean, this car definitely seems to exceed expectations from, you know, a uh, uh, basic electric vehicle kind of expectation. And, you know, we've seen it driving, fording through rivers. I mean, you know, all sorts of things. I think what is most appealing, obviously, we're talking about design, is, um, you know, th- th- it's – it's 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 a, a, a somewhat shall we say new typology. It's certainly very new for Jaguar um, in terms of you know its overall execution, its surfacing, its its overall form. Because let's not forget this is an electric car, right? So it's yeah. got to be very very aerodynamic. And I think that they've done a very good job. Um, I remember, however, you know when I was sitting in it in in Geneva, um, that it, it didn't seem, you know, as spacious as perhaps it could be. Obviously there were a lot of things that contributed to the fact that it, it did feel spacious. And that was, there was this huge glass roof, right? I mean, the glazing in that car is, is, is everywhere. And it, it, it seemed very spacious in that respect. But then when you actually sit in the back, it doesn't feel more spacious than, a regular car with a large glass roof. And it seems like, although it looks to be very spacious um, from an exterior perspective, once you get inside, it's not as 
spacious as you'd imagine it to be. But nonetheless, I think Jaguars hit it out of the park with this one. Um, you know, there's talks, obviously, of it being a Tesla rival and so on. Um, and, you know, when I was sitting in it in, in, in Geneva, again, it, it seemed to be bang on in terms of quality. It's very good in terms of proportions. It's very good in terms of um, surface execution. And I think it, it will be a very, very good competitor to Tesla, and not to mention that it's probably going to undercut it somewhat in price. Well, I think this is the biggest problem, to be very honest. I mean, it has come, um, I think, over the past few years, really to this point that what you know Jaguar have been doing is like it's a very good executioner, and I think it was a mm. little bit let down in regards to you know materials. Uh, I would say maybe even production quality to all these kind of things. But the most important thing is what you mentioned to like a Tesla competitor, and I think it's it's really hit the market on a very, very interesting spot uh, when it comes to the fact of, uh, you know, find, finding a good design that is still quite Jaguar, but at the same time, it stands for something new. Can it compete with a Tesla? I'm just not so sure. I mean, Tesla design, you know, that depends very much on the people. If you like it or if mm. you don't like it, I think that's the big problem uh, or like, you know, the big, uh, the big challenge behind everything. Uh, but really in terms of design, it's really, you know, uh, going against the, um, uh, the Model X uh, at this moment in time, not against the mm. Model 3. Uh, is it as cool as is Tesla in terms of the perception? I don't know. And I think this is something that, you know, we um, we will have to wait and see. Price-wise, I think it's too expensive. I think this is the biggest problem. Mm. It's really not, you know, that attractive in terms of buying it. You know, if you have to pay 80,000 euros or 80,000 pounds, yeah. whatever it is, it's just too expensive. And then the question comes along, you know, is is a Jaguar on an electric level worth that much? Even though it looks, you know, I mean, we, we've seen it both in Geneva. I do like that car. Uh, I don't like everything in it, but I think it's a very, very good step forward in terms of, uh, in, in, in terms of this idea of an electric car and that there's a very, some, there's something quite distinct about it, even though the F pace is very, very close. So, you know, there's, there's certain kind of elements that I, that I like, maybe, you know, a, a few that I don't like. Uh, but the question is, is it just cool enough? Yeah. And I'm not so sure about that at the moment, uh, especially compared with, um, you know, this kind of factor of Elon Musk being the modern day uh, Steve Jobs and having this kind of cool, you know, cool kind of aura around him. And I think this is what, what is really making Tesla at the moment, why do people like it uh, that much? Um, and so yeah. this is where it becomes interesting. And if, 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 if it's really, uh, you know, good for the market to have a Jaguar doing that, because let's be honest, like, you know, we will be talking about the, uh, the Biden later, uh, but uh, the i3 uh, of BMW and the i8, you know, they have been great ideas. The execution was very, very good. But in terms mm. of sales numbers, mm, not so much. Yeah, so no, um, that's right. this is this is the interesting part. Can Jag turn it around? Um, and I would say at the moment, very, very tricky. Yeah, very, very, very tricky yeah. in the market. Uh, just, you know, too expensive because let's be very, very honest, 80, 80 grand buys you a Porsche. So the question is, do you want to have a Porsche or do you want to have a uh, electrified F-Pace? Yeah, that's, that's the really big question. Yeah. I mean, look, the thing is, in terms of price, um, it undercuts the Tesla Model X um, by, you know, starting price about 10 grand here in the UK. And that is, you know, uh, I mean, we're talking entry level yeah. Tesla Model X now, okay? Not, we're not talking dual motor and none of that, right? Because that, that's about 130K. So, um, but you're absolutely right about the weight 
um, and the cachet that Tesla, the Tesla brand just basically rejoices in. Um, and it's, it's the, you know, Elon Musk and his cult following. And it's the, the whole image of the company just being a trendsetter, being a leader, even though, you know, there, there are many um, areas in which Tesla falls short, but they still have this cult following. Yeah. And, you know, Jaguar, I read, I read the other day, um, uh, uh, somebody that had reviewed it and, um, they, I think they sent out a tweet or something and it was like, the first premium automaker, you know, Jaguar to unveil an electric car. And I was like, well, hold on, man. Like Tesla's not premium. <laughs> BMW, BMW so, you know, BMW yeah, obviously in the exactly, same, at the same right? time. So, um, it, it was, it, it was just like, all right. And, but you know, it must be said, um, I think this was a, a British title. It had to be right. Because everyone is so incredibly patriotic. Yeah. It's like, you can't pick up a copy of auto car without, <laughs> you know, a Jaguar walking on water, you know, yeah. it's like, um, so it, it's, it, that's, that's good to have that, you know, notion of patriotism uh, within, um, the UK, but, you know, and I mean, look, Jaguar is the, the biggest market for Jaguar is in the U S Um, and you know, they haven't caught on in China yet and they're not like as sought after, but it is, you know, I mean, we're in a little Island here in the UK. There's no way that they sell as many cars and as many models as they do in the U S. So clearly this vehicle was made to, you know, get into the U S in terms of the vehicle, electric vehicle market and whether or not it can compete there, uh, against Tesla. I don't know, you know, for the exact reasons that you outlined before. Um, does that make it less of a good car and less of a good design? No. Um, but at the same time, as you again, accurately mentioned the I three was a brilliant design. Um, you know, did it catch on in terms of, of buying and, uh, you know, success, in the marketplace? Unfortunately not. So, you know, good design doesn't always equate to strong sales. And, you know, you have to cater to the market. You have to know who your customers are. And um, you also have to, you know, (laughs) evidently it helps to have a strong cult following like uh, like Elon Musk exactly, enjoys. Exactly. But let's, let's, you know, when we, when we discussed, obviously, the premium side and we discussed BMW a little bit, let, let's let's talk about the 8 Series. I mean, we've seen multiple yeah. versions of that as concepts. You know, we have the 8 Series concept, the uh, M8 concept, and now we've seen the, the, the final production version. Um what do you think? Is it, is it, you know, does it, does it get this kind of feeling of the old eight series, uh, you know, that everybody kind of loved from BMW that, you know, I, you know, I know people that they say this was my first toy model car, you know, this old, uh, eight series BMW from, I don't know, what was it? Nineties or eighties, something like that. Um, yeah. where, you know, what, what, what do you think of it? Uh, especially in the current circumstance with BMW and what's going on? Um, basically, you know, and it's, it's, it's sad to say, but I mean, look, the, the, the original eight series is, is, uh, an icon, uh, an iconic piece of automotive design. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous vehicle. And, um, you know, there, there were a lot of things going for it. Um, you know, the, the E31, as it was called, you know, was, was the first kind of model, um, and, 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 you know, early 1990s, I mean, that was a car with, a, you know, a V12 power plant at its mm-hmm. at its uh, heart, you know, it was, but more importantly, it just, there were so many things that were novel in that car, you know, I mean, we all love pop-up headlamps, right, which now yeah. for, you know, safety reasons, you can no longer get, 
um, the way that that car was executed, it was just svelte beauty, right? I mean, it was just beautifully, beautifully executed, very simple, a flowing, beautiful roof line. Um, you know, everything about that car was just elegance, right? No B pillar. I mean, it was just a beautiful, beautiful car. Um, but that was very simple. And because of that, um, aged very gracefully. Now, the new, you know, eight series, um, which you're right, we've seen revealed before. Um, it was in concept form, debuted at last year's Villa d'Este. Um, the, the M8, which we saw in Geneva, uh, was apparently, you know, in Geneva, in um, Villa d'Este, rather, this year, we saw it driving around. So it is a finished model, though in Geneva, they had it with blacked out wheels. And so they didn't show an interior. Yeah. Now, I think... If we look at the new 8 series, I think the interior is something that is um, definitely, uh, uh, you know, amazing um, and very much of its day, just like the E31 interior was very much of its day. Um, it is just, just, you know, a very nice place full of technology, the seats, the contrast, the colorways, everything about the, uh, the interior of that car is, is quite nice. Um, but you know, it's, again, it's something that is a bit different, um, than what BMW is kind of known for. And I think all of these derogatory comments that we're seeing come out of, you know, uh, about this car is that it, it isn't what people have kind of become, come to know, uh, of BMW and, you know, or come to expect of BMW. And so it's, you know, kind of lets them down in that respect. Um, now I don't know. I mean, you know, if you look at the car from an exterior design perspective, I think it's, 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 it's very nice. You know, it's, uh, you know, there are certain things that are, you know, a bit over the top, you know, um, the grill is, is huge. Um, you know, it's just, it seems like it's trying too hard, but you know, at the same time, it's, I think as a, as a flagship vehicle, um, you know, it had to, it had to kind of try to move, uh, the game forward. And I think in terms of technology, in terms of its interior, um, uh, accoutrements, uh, in terms of you know its its overall kind of body surfacing and headlight technology, you know, um, from a technological perspective, this car definitely uh, appears to move the game on. Now, I haven't seen it in person. Um, I would love to you know get a chance to sit inside and drive it. You know, it's going to drive beautifully because BMWs yeah. do. Um, and you know, again, this is you know as a as a flagship. Um, you know, a vehicle to sit in the BMW range. I mean, it doesn't look out of place in terms of what BMWs recently put out. Now, if that's appealing to you, then good. Um, but yeah, that's exactly yeah. that's exactly the thing. You know, I think this is the this is the big problem. Is um, we don't see that much. Uh, you know, move, that BMW is moving forward uh, mm. as other companies. I think you know it's it's almost like you know we're celebrating Jaguar for going into these 
um, you know, I-PACE levels, electric levels. And, you know, it's kind of to a certain degree because they have to. Uh, and on the other side, obviously, because, you know, that, that's that's a big market for them. Yeah. Um, but we see a development, whereas with BMW, it's kind of stagnating a little bit. Uh, mm. and, and, and for me personally, that's the 8 Series. It's a perfect kind of picture for that. You know, you know, it's well executed. It, mm. it has all it has all the the topics that BMW uh, have this. You know, for what BMW has this great reputation for. But at the same time, you see, it's just like, hey, where where is this all going? You know, right. and we saw this with the with the iX3 that you know uh, we were quite critical of as well. Mm. Um, and this this is a very very kind of step into this. So I'm I'm really really hoping that uh, you know uh, Joseph Caban, who who just recently took over not so long ago, you know, I'm I'm very looking forward to kind of his first car uh, because those ones that we see at the moment, yes. uh, you know, the, the eight series is a Karim Habib car, and you can you know. Um, I, th- I think this is this is clearly you know we see the craftsmanship behind it. We see that it's very very well made, mm-hmm. um, but you can see that it's part of this kind of strategy of what BMW have been doing over the past few years. And uh, compared, to, uh, and I think this is really like you know high level criticism. Let's be very very honest yes. here. Um, uh, you know, shouldn't shouldn't take this too seriously in the sense <laughs> of just like we're completely bashing BMW here. But um, it, it's really about comparing to like you see the development of what you know Mercedes have been doing. Over over the past five, 10 years uh, and see that kind of movement forward. And I think that compared, especially to that, you can see on sales numbers as well. Yeah. This is where it's becoming interesting. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, in, in in that kind of regard, but uh, uh, let let's move on a little bit uh, because we're, we're we're talking a lot about these production cars at the moment. But let's yeah. talk about more of these, uh, you know, concepts and a uh, little bit of a small series production. And let's talk about uh, the uh, the Tesla shooting brake, which was actually designed by someone we both know yes. uh, on a personal level as well, uh, Niels van Roy, yeah. a guy a designer who's based actually in London. Uh, and uh, he he did this project with I think a Dutch coach building manufacturer, yeah, like a yeah, coach Remitz. building company, yes, Remitz. Yeah. And um, they uh, they took the Tesla apart, the Tesla Model S, and they made a shooting brake out of it, or you know, as the Germans call it, a combi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In that regard, what what do you think? I actually, you know, from my perspective, I like it. It you know, it, it's it's it, it's taking it further. It's like you know, keeping or sticking true to what the Tesla is. And um, it's it looks actually very very well made. Um, you know, I, I I haven't unfortunately Niels invited me out to the event. Um, I, I think it's I think it's a great idea. First of all, because I, I know I know Niels, I know where he's coming from, and I know what it is that he's done, and he's basically revitalizing, re, reviving, shall we say, coach building. And um, you know that is basically this project came to him with uh, an owner that wanted to do something that was out of the ordinary based on a Model S. And mm-hmm. that's when his idea to come up with this shooting break um, you know, uh, proposal basically um, came up because the, the owner was pretty clear about what he wanted. And you know, so he's been working on this for a, a bit of time. Um, I think ultimately, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a well conceived and well resolved um, you know uh, uh, job. Obviously, they uh, did a, quite a bit of work to the roof where they pulled it back from the A pillar rather than the 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 B pillar. Um, so the entire roof is new, um, and uh, to allow it um, to 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 blend into the rear uh, as it does. Um, 
there's a few um, applications which uh, you know I'm not entirely convinced about. But again, this is a, a one-off vehicle that I don't need to you know be uh, uh, I don't need to approve of. Uh, the one thing that I, I would say is uh, apparent is um, that you know the the owner. Uh, appears to really, really like Chrome. <laughs> and um, that is, to me, uh, you know, what was, what was uh, interesting because, um, you know, there's a lot of ways that they could have chosen to treat the DLO at the rear especially. But um, as, as Niels has said, um, you know, there is – because it's a, it's a one-off custom build, um, there are a lot of ways that uh, – the owner, potential owner, could um, choose to uh, outfit that vehicle. And so it doesn't yeah. have to be chrome. Um, and, you know, it is in this instance, but it, it could be done in a variety of different ways. Um, now, the way that they chose to tackle this, I think is good. I mean, the media response has been good. Um, the fact that they were able to revisit the interior as well and make it very unique for the uh for the client is something that i think is uh is also really nice because of the fact that it goes that extra step right it's not just we're going to take this and um you know uh just do the exterior and leave everything else alone it's a really yeah. true like completely thought out um revisit for the for the for the model s yeah, and I think I mean I was I was very very critical in the last podcast when we spoke about the um, uh, the Ferrari when it comes mm. to one offs, you know, in that kind of regard. But I I want to say something uh, quite positive about this one here uh, because this this actually seems to be you know a one off situation where I can say hey this this could technically if Tesla really wanted to make a lot of mm. sense yeah for a long you know, bigger production level so there is a certain kind of also inspiration um you know maybe for other car manufacturers that this kind of idea of a shooting brake is not dead uh, as you know a lot of people want to make us think uh, that this is the situation so it's really something that I I I do like the idea uh, unfortunately, I haven't seen it myself yet, so I hope we, we will be able at some point in the future to actually do that. Um, but I like the idea of really bringing some more inspiration um, to uh, you know to the mm -hmm. industry and to the idea of a shooting break. And it seems that um, you know there might be actually some follow ups if I uh, if I read yeah. the news correctly that you know they they might be doing some yeah. more of them, and maybe we can then see like you know how it would look like without the chrome and all these things. So that's going to be then interesting to see. Uh, from from that perspective, but yeah, yeah, um, there's a lot of breath. There's a lot of breath here to to speak and to to do a, a multitude of different things. Um, but you know, again, this is a very European thing, and and apparently they're going to produce something yeah. like twenty uh, of these cars. Uh, the reason why Tesla did SUV was because you know the Model X is going to sell in far greater numbers than a wagon ever would in the home country, which is the U.S. All important. Um, of but as a as a one off, of off kind of coach build, um, you know it's 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 very interesting to see what it is that they've done, and you know from an aesthetic and proportion perspective, I really can't fault it. So you know, hats off to Niels and his team for creating something um, that was good and that got a hell of a lot of coverage. So good good news for them. It did. Yeah. 
It did, and uh, and, and and speaking of co- of coverage in a in, in a very very big way, uh, let's talk a little bit about CS Asia, and uh, we I think we should start actually when we're talking about these kind of coach build cars mm-hmm. concept cars. Uh, let's talk about the big concept that was revealed actually at CES Asia. Um, and I was uh, very, very fortunate to be at the press event as well uh, for the uh, Bytes yes. and K-Byte, which uh, is mm-hmm. a sedan um, uh, that, uh, you know, has a very, very wide stance. Uh, it looks very, very massive, very, very uh, powerful when mm-hmm. you stand in front of it. And uh, had a few very very interesting features. I would like to say, uh, in you know, from from really seeing it up front, uh, one has to say it was a uh, it was an exterior only model. Uh, so they had when you actually wanted to look inside, uh, only like you know, in a little bit of shadows, uh, you saw the kind of intentions of what can happen in the interior. So we can't really talk too right. much about the interior. Um, I had the chance to speak to a few of the designers, fortunately, and they said, well, we, we're definitely going to bring in. Uh, the, uh, the really mm-hmm. widescreen, yeah. you know, this kind of, uh, absolutely, I think, I think they call it SED, like shared experience mm-hmm. display, uh, into the, um, uh, into the, in, in, into the K byte as well. And we saw this display again into the, yeah. into the first concept, this crossover yes. concept that they had, uh, which they now renamed okay. into M byte, uh, which is uh, uh-huh. very, very interesting. But, uh, let's talk, let's talk about the K byte. What you obviously, you saw it on the pictures. Uh, what, what did you think of it? And, uh, what was, uh, what was your first initial impression well, I mean, of the whole thing? I, I, first, I, I'd really like to hear your impression of the thing because to be honest, I mean, I'm looking at it through pictures, you know, on a screen because I wasn't in Shanghai, unfortunately, to take it in. Now, if you want to just talk about my initial kind of picture, uh, quick gut reaction, I thought it was, it was really nice, but I don't know in terms of like, you know, where it it fits in terms of size. Um, that to me is kind of, but otherwise, I mean, in terms of, you know, surfacing, I mean, we've got like full volumes really like, and something that's very on trend, which is the, the kind of recessed surface in through the doors. What I loved was the front face of that car, because being an electric vehicle, it is re it is reinterpreting the grill. Um, you know, because yeah. obviously cars, we've seen a few cars without grills, they look weird. Um, and you know, most of the time grills in electric cars are not, you know, um, useful in terms of providing a function, but they are nonetheless a very important part of creating a design identity for the vehicle. And, you know, that's the face of the car. It's like, you know, it's like you walking around the street with no nose. Um, It's, it's going to make you stand out and probably for the wrong reasons. So um, I think from an initial perspective, the front end of that car is great. I think it's got a lot of really interesting details. Um, But, you know, I'd really like to hear, what you thought of it, looking at it in person, and what it was like to be around it. It, it I mean, I have to say, it's uh, you know we will be talking about something, and if you uh, something uh, you know in this kind of uh, you know similarity uh, perspective uh, later on as well. If I think it's really interesting is when you see it from a side view, uh, from the traditional kind of you know you look into the body side and and you just think it's like mm, you know is it really that new? What is so special about this whole thing? Uh, but as you really have you know just mentioned, it's mm. about the details, yeah. And the grill for me now now is uh, is a detail as well um and all these kind of you know really really cool you know 
playing with the lights and the LEDs and all these kind of things. It's just a what I like about it. It's it, it gives the car a distinct look. That's the one thing, but it's also not over exaggerated. Yeah, you know when it comes sometimes you know a lot of uh, you, you see it with the Mercedes. I think you know the EQ series. Um, you get into this kind of point of just like, oh, you know, we have this big screen in front and we can do something cool with the logo and all these things. So it's a bit tricky um, in, to do that. And I think with the Bytes and what I did like uh, was really this kind of, you know, kind of simplicity uh, of the grill as well. It was very simple, but at the, at the same time, uh, very, very well made. Um, a fantastic kind of feature um, that, that doesn't really come out in that kind of way is pretty much on the sides where you used to have the side mirrors yeah. they actually moved them down a little bit they had uh, pop you know pop out mm -hmm. uh, lidar sensors so pretty much the idea was when you know when i spoke to the guys they were just like so what would happen you know they saw these cars in you know in or we saw the, those kind of cars in beijing as well that have the lidar sensors on the roof of the car and then they're kind of in this really weird <laughs> ice cream truck uh, <laughs> style you know um and so they they've they really try to to include them mm. into actually the design, yeah, so that they are actually a design element. And especially those kind of pop-up things on the side uh, with the little cameras on top for the, um, uh, for the, for the mirrors, that was really, really, really cool because, A, we have mm -hmm. not seen that before. Yeah, that's the um, – that 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 was really something completely new. Even wandering through CES, like nobody in terms of the uh, technology or a supplying perspective – you know, had come up with this kind of idea and it was just generally well made mm. because, you know, you can pop them in, uh, into the actual body side. You can drive the car in by yourself because you don't need them. And if you want to go into autonomous mode and this kind of semi-autonomous mode, um, you really have, you know, you can pop them out and they can become a design element, uh, in that regard. So that was, that yes, was yes. Good. And that's very much what happens with all of these sensors. I mean, um, you know, obviously there's, there's quite a lot of, um, design details that, or details rather that are functional, but ha that have become a design elements like the cant rail, for example, which then provides this kind of spoiler around the rear, um, the backlight of the car in order to guide air into that area, um, and make it more yeah. aerodynamic. But then there's also these, you know, the, the way that they, um, decorated these, you know, lie guards and lie bow as they're calling it, which are basically the LIDAR sensors on the, uh, on the vehicle, um, that are really, um, you know, they're not hidden. They're actually used to highlight, um, the, the, these elements, you know, the, using different, the, the colorways, um, to not only inform passerby, but also it's like a, a very Biton, um, identifier. That, that was indeed really very, very good. And it was like, it was literally something where technology is becoming, you know, part of the design. It's not like, you know, uh, you know, this is technology has nothing to do with design. This design has nothing to do with technology. Like you clearly see uh, that those guys are really thinking about how to integrate that. Yeah. And um, this mm -hmm. was, um, you know, really, really good fun. Um, there was a lot of people, you know, really interested in this whole thing, but uh, you know, 
we, we you know my colleagues and I we had a very very good kind of a time with the car and we you know we were we were able to talk to Benoit Jacob as well a number of the team the the, the guys yeah. from the team of the car so we got a really good overview on this but there's something I would like to mention I think this is something that people don't really see on the um on the pictures there is this really really great effect um and I hope most of our listeners can actually at some point in the future look at that kind of car in 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 person if you are actually in in the front of Ooh. the car and go into like a three quarter view um the c pillar has a little bit of a step in uh you know before it actually hits the the uh the trunk area and this yeah. is yes. such a cool effect because if you stand in front of it in this kind of three quarter view it actually looks like the car is a hatchback uh, it doesn't really look like a sedan it gives us mm. like a really really cool um you know visual effect that you just don't see uh in you know i've, I've i haven't really seen that one before uh if anyone of the listeners you know mm-hmm. you know has a kind of uh, similar car in mind that maybe has done that but it was it was absolutely fantastic i was talking to the chief exterior designer um and as to rupa and i was just like you know man like how this is fantastic like how did this happen and he was like well you know uh this this was something that we've worked on you know worked on you know for quite some time and uh it's it's a really really nice effect because it gives this car so much more depth uh than you would just see it from this kind of side view and everything and i think it's a it's a perfect example of um you see it on pictures and you might say you know right away i like it or i don't like it but it's those little kind of uh details that make this whole thing very, very interesting, you know, and this is for me, uh, you know, to kind of, you know, include this into the whole, um, CES kind of perspective. Uh, this is something that we have not really seen at CES, uh, in terms of cars, uh, on details. Yeah. Mm. It's more about the really technology, how to include this kind of technology, but, but not in terms of, um, how to include the design, properly with the technology and i think uh, this is, this is a good kind of example how things can you know can be done and from my personal perspective mm-hmm. as well um you know yeah you can say you know we, we might have seen something like this before especially with you know with the with the side views and stuff like that um but it, this is this once again is like it's really about the details yeah and when we go when we really talk about the details this is what interests us nowadays uh in the cars and um, yeah. and to to yeah. kind of yeah and the yeah. And the design integration, I mean, you know, like you said, it's really easy to slap some type of, you know, big LIDAR thing on top of uh, a, a car and, and without, you know, considering how it's going to integrate in the design. Yes, it serves a function, um, but it should also really live within the design. So, um, you know, like um, little sensors that pop up like little fins, like on, uh, on Faraday's concepts. Uh, we saw that that was like an identifier for them. Um, this could very much become a Byton identifier. Um, the, the can't rail, the, the C pillar, um, element, as you mentioned, where, you know, it, it just becomes that, you know, way of identifying the car, um, not only as an efficient electric car, but something that really provides um, an aerodynamic yeah. um, enhancement for the vehicle that not only, um, you know, looks, uh, does that from a functional perspective, but also looks great and is an individual like um, element. And I think that's, uh, that's really what's needed um, is, is integration of some of these new technologies and new elements that really work well into uh, the design of a vehicle, not just 
um, some tacked on thing because you need it to be there. Exactly. And, you know, from, from, from the general perspective of them, you know, you know, placing this whole idea of like, you know, technology and design within CS Asia, um, there's a, there's a negative example as well. And there was this, uh, a company, uh, or a car that was called Hanergy, uh, which is a very, very funny kind of name and was, uh, you know, we will probably link in the description, like some of the pictures, uh, that we took for it, but it's a solar panel car. And, um, you know, solar panels in terms of technology and in terms of, uh, you know, bringing them onto cars is nothing new. I think a lot of schools tried to do that already. There were a few, like, you know, concept cars that played around with this kind of idea. Uh, but what we've seen recently in terms of design, and this is exactly the thing when it comes to details again, you know, there's the, the, the Hennergy car, there is the Sono Motors car, which is, you know, developed down here in Munich. Um, but you can really see with those kind of, you know, with those kind of vehicles that it's really becoming a problem of integrating this kind of technology properly into a product um obviously you know solar panels mm. have their own problem in that they're you know quite stiff as far as i know and you know you cannot really you know make nice services and all these kind of things but still at the same time right um i i don't see as much, you know, ingenuity uh, as you know these kind of louder sensors or whatever on how to really include them into into a design. And uh, this is this is the interesting thing because you know we we saw this um, at uh, CES in Vegas and we saw it again at CES in Asia. Mm. Is that yeah we're moving on with technology like you know technology what what is possible nowadays is absolutely fantastic, um, but we can very very clearly see and you know like the solar panel cars, energy, sonar motors, like you know even a lot of the the electric cars in that kind of regard uh robotics autonomous ideas and stuff like that are they really playing you know that much with you know integrating them from a design perspective as well and obviously that's easy for us to say just 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 from a design <laughs> perspective but um yeah just look at it um, yeah, but, but you know this this was really the thing and i think this is what really stood out with the bison was this kind of integration of you know technology into design uh and what it could look like mm. and there was not really that much more you know that 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 much else on you know at cs asia where i really say um, it really included design and technology. And we saw all these kind of cool robotic fish and stuff like that. We saw ideas about, you know, <laughs> autonomous stuff and like, you know, some really cool things that I, th I think will come into the car eventually in the next few years. Um, but, mm. uh, this, this was really the point of CS again. It's just like, are those people really thinking about, and not just from a car perspective, I can also say this from a product perspective of, um, you know, bringing technology and design together, or is it just about, let's say, usability? Yeah. I mean, look, the, the thing is, I, I think we're talking about two very different markets, right? I mean, in CES in January in the U.S., um, when I was walking around there, it seemed to me like there was a hell of a lot of pie in the sky thinking where people were like, oh, yeah, you know, um, we're going to do this or, you know, we're going to show this. And, and you're like, all right, so um, when when is that going to going to actually potentially be uh, viable? You know, when can we walk into a store and buy that? And it was like, oh, you know, um, I don't know, <laughs> maybe maybe like five, maybe 10 years down the line, um, you know, if that. Um, it's all just kind of a, a lot of new technology companies because technology is so much of the now um, exhibiting there because they have to be there and because, you know, this is their chance. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas in China, 
from what I've seen, you know, again, I wasn't walking around on the show floor, um, but it seems like some of the things that they're showing are much closer to potentially becoming reality in, in you know, the next few years, just as, such as the, the level of um, the pace of China as a, as a market in general. They want to do something, they get it done. Uh, and it just seems like you know, maybe there's less regulation. Maybe there's a, a couple of things that facilitate that. But I think it is much more of a we can see this um, happening in the next few years. Uh, definitely. And I think this is also very, very China. I mean, we talked about this a little bit in the first podcast and, uh, you know, really getting this idea, like getting something onto the street, you know, getting it to the people um, is uh, is even more important in China. And I, th- I think, you know, when when you speak to the people at Biden and, you know, you saw this in some interviews as well, they said very, very clearly, okay, so this car, uh, you know, yeah, we, we, we could produce that, you know, but we have to finish car, you know, the first car before we go into the second one so there is this clear kind of intention of thinking about hey yeah we can do that um and uh, and i think this is then the very very quick you know the the, es- the essence of uh, of cs asia as well it's much much more like a consumer uh exhibition rather than the let's say um industry uh, exhibition that it is in vegas yeah because vegas mm-hmm. i think was you know there was a lot of beta stuff there there was a, you know a lot of ideation there whereas in cs asia it was really for the consumers yeah and really stuff that you you can buy like loads of drones like you know drone style uh you know you know things in that kind of regard so Um, I think, I think that really sums it up, uh, in that kind Mm. of, uh, in that kind of full context, uh, on, on what uh, CES Asia was like. And, uh, I'm very, very, to be honest, very, very excited to go back again, um, and, and see how it develops. Yeah. I think this is uh, really going to be interesting, but, uh, talking, I I wanted to, to bring something up because we talked about the Biden for a little bit, but I saw something Mm. very, very interesting. And I'm, I'm, I think you, I'm, I'm sure you saw it as well. Um, and that was uh, Derek Jenkins' Instagram post of uh, comparing the Lucid and uh, and the Byte and K Byte, uh, and obviously it spiked uh, yes. a little bit of controversy uh, because they used, I think, it was the same tree or something like that uh, in the whole situation. But um, I obviously, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little bit in the situation. I've uh, I've seen the Byte and I've seen the Lucid as well. I don't think uh, if you really stand in front of them with all the details and stuff like that, they, there is a lot of difference in terms of the cars and. In terms of you know the market that they're aiming for, um, but it but it seems that uh, you know plagiarizing or you know the 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 topic of plagiarizing is not that, and uh, we have seen that a little bit as well with GAC kind of you know having a copycat of the Volkswagen Cedric model as well. Yeah. Uh, so it's really really interesting that this has kind of popped up because it was a little bit unexpected. We you know I think since the Lincoln um, Lincoln and Bentley controversy yeah, right. uh, a few yes. a couple of years ago whatever that a few was years ago yeah i mean luke donkerwalk was still at bentley because he's the one that made that comment on facebook yeah that then went viral um and you know i mean there you can't help but be inspired designers can't help but be inspired by other products that are successful and that are out there now if i look at the lucid and i look at that um and I look at the uh, the Byte and K-Byte um, side by side, as Derek's put it on his Instagram page. It's, it you know, there is some similarity. I mean, like the diff- like the contrast colored cant rail, for example, that runs into the back. Um, you know, the 
the the body side treatment, for example, does have some similarities. But you know, there's a lot of things that are different about that car. And if we move into you know what technology is enabling us to do in terms of radically thin lights, for example, like we could never have considered years ago. Yeah. I mean, you could go, you could get away with thin sliver of lamps now. You know, so a lot of cars are going to start looking. Um, similar if they take advantage of technology. I think there's enough of a difference within uh, within both cars uh, to, you know, really kind of tell them apart, you know, from one from the other. Yeah. And I think one is also considerably larger than the other. And I think, you know, if you just kind of look at that picture, um, you know, with especially because it's got this <laughs> this this purple tree in the background. <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> that, that really that was really really funny. That purple tree was really really funny. And um, yeah. uh, and, and and let's be very very honest. I mean, the Lucid is a is a great car. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I remember when I saw it for the first time, I was like, wow, this is yeah. fantastic. No, absolutely, um, and uh, it's gorgeous, and, particularly you know, the interior. I mean, that car is very very well resolved yeah. and perfectly suited for the U.S. market for which it, it was conceived and where it was designed. Um, but I think it's a considerably larger car um, than the K-Byte. And uh, I, I could be wrong with that, about that. But, you know, proportionally, they're, they're a bit different. You know, I think um, the, if, I, if I dare say so, the Lucid seems to be more stately, more of like a, a, a long-distance kind of cruiser, whereas the, uh, the Byton seems like a sportier car in particular yeah. because of its proportions, um, you know, its front overhang and just the, the way that it is, um, you know, proportionally. Yeah. Um, and so, I, you know, I think, yes, there are some similarities. You can't kind of, you know, look past particularly the body side surfacing. Um, but, uh, you know, I think they're, they're enough <laughs> to, uh, to, to make it kind of stand out and be unique. Um, so I don't think that there's, you know, design plagiarism going on. But again, you know, designers can't help but be influenced by other products that are out there particularly. Of course, and, but let's be let's be very very honest. I mean, both are you know from 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 what I've seen and like you know the kind of impression that I had, both are very very good products. Um, mm. But at the same time, we also have to say that neither of them is on the market yet. Yeah, no, so yeah, it's that's, uh, right. uh, that, that, that's obviously very very tricky um, to to always discuss those kind of things if nothing's on the market, you know. Um, uh, but uh, I do, you know, to a certain kind of agree. Yeah, that um, that pink tree uh, was absolutely funny <laughs> and hilarious. I think everybody 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 was uh, was very very uh, amused by that. Uh, but at the mm. same time, I think if you you know if if they would have included like you know front and rear pictures and maybe like you know a three quarter view and stuff like that. Um, you would have seen that they're quite fundamentally different, or at least, you know, from, from the detailing of, you know, very, very different from each other. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, in the end, uh, you know, Derek did a, did a, did a great project with his guys over there and yes. uh, let, let's be very, very honest. I think, uh, you know, we all want to see more, uh, in that mm. kind of regard, but, uh, we do know that a few, um, a few of the guys have left over there already. And I think, mm. you know, that, uh, that leads us to the, uh, to our, one of our favorite sections, which we didn't do, unfortunately, last time we were just a little bit late. Like we had this piece of information already, but we were uh, just yes. too late to discuss it. Um, well, uh, let's talk about who's where 
And uh, uh, let's talk uh, first and foremost before we talk about the the, the big one that shocked us a little bit. Let's talk about uh, Yamada-san, uh, former Mazda designer, uh, who has obviously a very very big uh, following, and I think who's very very popular in the design world. Uh, has just moved to uh, Chang'an, which is quite a surprising move, I think. Yes, yes. Uh, well, you know, um, I think. I don't know if it's as surprising as some would imagine. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I received that press release uh, in my in my inbox. Um, I was away traveling, and I never bothered to, to follow up with it for myriad reasons. But um, it is an it, it is an interesting appointment, but it's not one that comes without some history. Um, mm. You know, uh, Atsuhiko Yamada is uh, a very gifted designer. Obviously, he spent some time at Izuzu. Then he went over and did a bunch of advanced design stuff over in um, in, in, in uh, Japan for Mazda. Um, he's, but he's, he's been in the industry for a very, very long time. And the, the, the fact that he came over as, um, you know, uh, is now design chief of Chang'an's V-brand passenger cars. And, um, he's going to, going to be mostly based in, in, uh, in Japan and, and China, um, Chong, Chongqing, China, I believe. Uh, anyway, where it, it, one of the things that's really interesting, I think to me is, um, you know, obviously he'll be traveling extensively between China, Japan, and Europe. Uh, but one of the things that what many people don't know what the media so far failed to convey is that Chang'an is a huge state-owned company, and its main design center is based in Turin. So the design studio in China is a is a satellite studio. Yeah. So that that to me is is very very interesting stuff. Um, but nonetheless, I mean the design studio in Turin, where uh, you know they call it Chang'an's European Design Studio, but it is the main design hub, is run by a very nice man. man uh, his name is uh, Chen Zhang. And I had the opportunity to meet him while I was working as a consultant in Italy a few years ago. And the, the fact that he chose to hire um, Yamada-san as, uh, you know, over there in, uh, to bring him on board uh, as part of the uh, Chang'an design team is, uh, is not without precedent. I mean, he's done quite a number of projects uh, with Chris Bangle. That's how I met uh, Atsuhiko Yamada. Um, in the past, uh, he was responsible for uh, Bangle's most recent uh, vehicle, which was uh, unveiled in um, at the Los Angeles Auto Show or just before at uh, at um, at the Art Center. The Reds EV uh, was actually created um, by by Yamada-san, and and that exterior uh, design is something that is you know. Uh, polarizing uh, a lot of people's opinions. And, uh, but, you know, there is history there. And so obviously um, uh, Atsuhiko and uh, Mr. Chen Zhang's paths have crossed and now he's on board. And I think, you know, he will be doing some good things if he's allowed some leeway uh, you know, because he is a brilliant designer and he w- is, you know, he'll just pull things out and drastically out of his comfort zone. I mean, Chris Bangle, um, 
mentions how uh, during during the creation of that Red ZV project, um, Atsuhiko got uh, gravely ill, and and he did. He spent you know several days over in his hotel room um, and unable to eat anything but soup. And <laughs> but the the thing is, he is able to get out of you know, creating things like the, the Taiki concept and the Senku concept and yeah. whatever, whatever other, you know, um, things that he's done in the past. I mean, he was very influential with, with Mazda design, but he's not, uh, he's not a one trick pony, right? Yeah. He's able to do quite a lot of different things. And so I think if he is on board and he's got the, the ear of the board in the, you know, one of the largest state owned, Chinese right, yeah. automakers, um, he'll be able to do some some very cool things. And Chang'an is, I mean, they're hiring like crazy. You know, they've got um, <laughs> definitely some ambition to do some very good stuff. Um, you know, you yeah, and I and- both know a lot of people that have gone there recently, um, and you know, we know people that have left there as well. So um, there's, there's there's a lot of interesting things going on over there at, at Chang'an. Yeah, and and of course, I mean, you know, uh, we 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 do wish him all the best to uh, to really succeed. And I think you know, it's a it's a good platform, Chang'an, and it's really in the you know what you make of it in that kind of regard. And you know, I think he's one of the guys that can really push this forward. Um, and uh, so, all the best of uh, of success and luck, obviously, to him over there in China and Japan and in in Turin. Mm. But uh, let let's talk about the big bomb uh, that uh, you know we've kind of uh, got almost uh, you know almost as a, as a, as it happened in that kind of regard. And um, yes. Giles Taylor Giles Taylor left Rolls Royce, and uh, it was pretty much from what uh, what has been what has been communicated by BMW is that. You know, he handed in his re- resignation, and uh, the day after, he was gone. Yeah. Um, quite a bit of surprise. Um, I had the chance to speak to a few people. They were very, very surprised yeah. um, that this actually happened. And I, I think we should not really speculate where he's going. There's no, no official yeah. word there. Um, you know, speculation you know doesn't help us, and we don't want to cause any kind of rumors and stuff like that. Um, but that was very, very surprising, especially that shortly after the Cullinan came out. And obviously, we we were quite a bit, uh, <laughs> we were quite a bit, uh, you know, uh, not very, very happy both of us about the Cullinan uh, last mm. time we spoke. But um, that was extremely surprising that he left. Yeah, well, I, I mean, uh, I, I do think the Cullinan missed a, missed a trick, but at the same time, I don't think. <clears throat> I, I think it's extremely presumptuous for all of these media sites to be saying, oh, you know, um, the Cullinan had something to do with it. That is probably, <laughs> I'm not going to say entirely, but uh, I think that's bullshit, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> uh, you know, I think in this day and age, And the reason why so many people are not attributed and given credit to the work that they do is something that I wrote about on my website is because they get poached. And, you know, I think Giles, like, I mean, look, let's, 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 let's take a look back at Giles career. I mean, because, you know, this is a guy that he, he was at beforehand. I mean, he spent 10 years at, at, at Jaguar, right? Mm -hmm. Um, this is a guy that joined Rolls Royce not that long ago. Um, I remember writing a story in, in July 2012 
um, when he was appointed. So we're talking six years ago, less than, yep. where he was actually appointed um, head of then it was exterior design over at um, at Jaguar or at uh, Rolls Royce rather. And so, you know, when he made that move, um, no one could anticipate that less than a year later um, he would step into the top role. Um, and, and, uh, you know, had take over free in Cameron. And so basically that happened. And, uh, and since then, you know, I mean, everyone, well, I, I think everyone listening to this podcast knows uh, the gestation period of new vehicles, uh, yeah. especially production cars. They're not created overnight. So again, uh, a lot of, um, widespread kind of inaccuracies in terms of timeline for what uh, Taylor was actually responsible for. Um, you know, uh, the, a lot of the th- things that, um, that kind of, uh, hit the, hit the, 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 um, dealership floors, if you want to call it a dealership, uh, at Rolls Royce, the, the, uh, stores that uh, welcomed in the new Phantom and the Cullinan, as well as the Dawn and the Wraith before that. Uh, Gilles had probably zero to do with uh, the Wraith and the Dawn uh, at his, you know, at, at their inception. You know, I mean, he did um, play obviously an integral role in the 103 EX concept, which was the, uh, the concept car that the Vision Next 100 uh, concept car, which was you know, really polarized opinion, um, in terms of what it is that, that, uh, you know, the Rolls Royce brand would stand for in the future. Uh, it was a good story. The final kind of, you know, design of the vehicle, you know, is, uh, is polarizing at best. But, um, I think, you know, for, for, for Gilles, I think, and, you know, I don't want to speculate too much, but it, it would appear that, Someone in his position, you know, working for a ultra luxury automaker at the helm of Rolls Royce for six years now, um, was 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 uh, given a better opportunity. You know, he was presented with something that he just couldn't refuse. Um, yeah. You know, and you know, as another thing that people have uh, have uh, have have mentioned or not mentioned or inaccurately mentioned is the fact that Rolls-Royce is based in Munich. Yes. Um, you know the design team is not in um in in uh, Goodwood, you know, yeah. uh, uh, the entire design operations is right close to home at BMW Group. Yeah, so exactly. Perhaps, you know, perhaps uh, you know, Gilles uh, or was uh, was a little homesick you know maybe he he decided that it was time to go home and he was offered a good opportunity there now where would he go then crew highly unlikely um you know so i i i don't know for someone in his position as i mentioned you know leading an ultra luxury brand like rolls royce it's kind of hard to imagine him going to something outside of the super luxury sector but again within munich we both know that there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot of uh, automakers, startup car makers in particular, that are looking yeah. uh, for design talent, and um, and and you know people that have experience at companies like BMW, um, you know that have really really moved uh, you know into that area of super luxury, and that is going to be a, a growing area 
in the future um, really could make a great deal uh, out of their career by joining one of these startups. So, yeah, exactly. And uh, I think I think it was really very interesting to learn that. Yeah, and I think you know we'll we'll obviously report on it and we'll talk about it once it's very very clear what uh, what Jules is doing, uh, but also of course what BMW is going to do because no word is out yet who's going to replace him. Um, so that's going to be very very yes. interesting. But. Um, yeah, uh, you yeah. Know, we. Uh, I think we wanted to say something quickly uh, uh, in our in our own interest. Of course, you know we're talking about these who's where, uh, and we're very very interested, and we want to hear your opinion about you know what you think. Uh, but also, of course, uh, we are working in this area of who's where to a certain kind of degree as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do have yes. a few open positions at the moment. So if you are working in interior design in particular, column trim design, um, you know uh, VR as well is something that we're very very deep into at the moment. Uh, please do get in touch with us because, you know, if, if you are interested in doing something else, uh, please do let us know. We were all very, very happy to talk to you about this. And, um, yeah, and I think that is pretty much it for, you know, podcast number three uh, of the Gestalten podcast yeah. that, uh, you know, is, 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 is taking a nice form by now. And, um Yes, yes, yes. I think I think we're finally finding a flow. I mean, um, you know, it's uh, it's taken us a little time. You know, it took us one full uh, episode, maybe even a full month, to come up with a name. But um, I think, you know, just to touch base on these, you know, yes, we, you know, it's it's interiors are ever more important. Uh, if you look at car design, obviously there's still the exterior that draws people in, but interior, there's so much going on. And there's so many opportunities that we have um, become uh, privy of and are privy to. Um, so, and, you know, if, if you don't know already know, um, you're in this industry, you probably should, uh, is that the best brand, the best positions are never advertised. Um, it is always something that is, uh, you know, an insider kind of tool. And that's where we exactly. come in. So by all means, give us a, give us a call. Uh, drop us a line. You can reach us on the usual avenues. Um, so for me, it's at Form Trends. For Martin, it's at Concept House with a K. Uh, we're going to be putting um, this obviously in uh, in various social media channels, and you can look us up and uh, hit us up. So um, we look forward to hearing from you if you're looking for that yeah. next step. Um, if you've got something to offer, um, we'd love to hear exactly. from you. So. Look out for the next podcast, which is going to be hitting in, uh, I guess, a few weeks' time. Yeah, in a, a couple of weeks, maybe a little bit longer than that, depends on our <laughs> schedules. But you know, um, we will also try a little bit of a teaser. I'm not quite sure if we will do it uh, you know, for the next one already, but we will be trying to bring on some guests as well uh, that yes, we can discuss a few things as well. So that's something that we're looking very, very much forward to. And uh, yeah, in, you know, in, in this kind of, uh, in this kind of, you know, these words in that regard, uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Eric, thank you very much for yes, you know joining you. me once again in this kind thank of regard. You. My thank name you. is Martin, and uh, yeah, if you have any feedback, any questions, you know how to get in touch with us, and so we're looking forward to yeah hear you or like you know that you guys listen to us the next time as well. Speak to you soon, or yeah, hear right. you soon. Take care. Bye bye. Take care. Bye.